Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. $15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the show video. This is episode 628 of the show. I'm your host, Andrew. Hey, guys, and I'm Danny. This is your source for tech, gaming, and entertainment news. Make sure you subscribe to the show radio podcast available on all podcast platforms. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This will give us a pulse on how you feel about the podcast. And leaving a review helps the show get discovered. Join our community discord to stay up to date on what we are working on so daniela this episode we're going to be talking about a lot of things uh, but definitely talking about um and sharing some thoughts about logitech g fits uh, the new earbuds the halo infinite winter update and also we'll talk about silent hill and even resident evil showcase so that's uh, some of the things that we're going to cover with some other news of course so daniela how have you been I've been pretty good, actually. I've been looking forward about talking about Silent Hill and Resident Evil. Good and bad. Absolutely. I've been so, good. I've been good. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's going to be all you uh, before we get... You know what? So um, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift the Silent Hill stuff up. Okay, so you do that first. I definitely want to hear your thoughts on that. Right after that, we'll talk about the Logitech G Fits. Do quick impressions on that. But Silent Hill trailers, I watched everything uh, for that. And I know that's your world since I'm not really playing horror. So what did you think about what you saw there? They had a lot to to show but not show at the same time. So I'm really excited that they're going to be coming back. They're doing Silent Hill 2, which I'm, I'm not quite sure. Like, why not this? Uh, Star Wars Silent Hill 1, but it's it's all good. Um, Silent Hill is such a great series. And the one thing that they really, really kind of mentioned a lot was how it's like been this fan favorite for so long. And people like love this this horror version. Um, the movies were uh, the movies were good. I could have been better, but it's not like it was a total disappointment. I still liked it a bit more than whatever Resident Evil did with their movies. But I really loved the showcase and, and everything that they kind of they they could show. So I find it interesting that for for the Silent Hill 2 uh, remake that they're they're going with, it's, it's going to be on PS5, but it's also coming from the Bloober team. And I'm like, OK, OK. Which, you know, it's like they they are known for really great horror games like the Bloober team. They um, they came out with Layers of Fear, Observer, um, the Medium. So I have trust in what they're going to be bringing forth and how they're going to be sticking to that that core story and adding their own flavor 
to it, which I'm, I'm not nervous about that at all. I have a lot of faith in it. So I, I love that. I love um, I love the whole musical thing. They did a, a good section of that, which was uh, the composer that's going to be doing Silent Hill, because if you play the original, um, you know, the music was just eerie, but it was also impactful. It was it's it's it had a, a right tone for it when it originally came out that really got you hooked. So having the interview with um, I believe is Akira Yamaoka and him like talking about his process and what he's doing, going through and, you know, recreating that, that feeling all over again. Um, I, you know, I have to add though. So one of the hosts on there, her name was Selena and they had her title as pro horror gamer and i'm like i want that title i think that is a new goal for me <laughs> somehow like i want that title and i thought that was really cool and uh, she was really pleasant to like have on there and to showcase um everything that silent hill had to you know announce so i know it's like really early on for them to be announcing everything and i think overall um, i'm gonna go into depth about everything else they showcased but i will say that i'm excited about all the news that they had, but at the same time, you didn't get to see a whole lot. It was like a lot of these announcements, but you didn't get to see like any like teaser, like early alpha gameplay think, on it. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I undecided. I think the announcements gets that hype. But being a selfish gamer, I just, I want to see what, like, where is the current state of this build? Like, build up that, that excitement for me. I know that's, comp that, that itself, I understand, is really kind of self-entitled in a way. But when you get these announcements, it's kind of what you want to see, though. Like, that is what really gets you, like, oh, my goodness, I don't want, like, some of the stuff, like, okay, they showed... They showed some stuff that I, I would uh, I would think is just more of the cinematics rather than the gameplay. But I liked what the cinematics are showing because at this age with the PS5, the current gens and everything like that, and even like PCs or stuff like those cinematics and the gameplay are starting to get pretty close where it's almost seamless that you can you know, in some games, you can't really tell when it switches, which is always nice, always nice. But I still kind of want to see that gameplay. I, I I loved what they did show. It just doesn't didn't feel like it was enough. And again, that's just my personal preference and a little bit selfish there. But uh, they they have a whole lot that's going on. You also have um, what else did they announced? Oh, you had uh, Silent Hill Townfall, which that seemed really interesting. But it's also coming from Annapurna Interactive and No Code, which is really cool because I love Annapurna interactive i love a lot of the games that they come they come out and they have um so i'm pretty stoked about that although that again didn't show anything you have to like make do with whatever this little trailer is and i'm like eh, okay don't don't know where you're getting out there but i'm sticking i'm sticking it through because it's just expanding even more on the the universe of silent hill which you really can't complain about that um, at least I can't. So it's just like anything that like introduces more or reintroduces more into this universe. I, I'm there. Like if it's scary, 
I am so all about it because Silent Hill is definitely one of those games where like I would have to put down for a little bit and walk away from. And I love that feeling. I love that fear. I love that scare. I love that, that anxious nervousness in games. I really do. I know that sounds like a little bit crazy to some people, but I, I'm, that's like my type of thrill seeking right there from the comforts of my home. Um, and then of course they announced, um, you know, their film adaptation, uh, which I think is pretty, I think it's pretty cool. Um, like I said, like the, the movies that they do have out, I didn't, they weren't perfect, but they weren't bad either. And I kind of hope that they're going along that route that, you know, The Last of Us is going for their their TV series where the producers and writers of Silent Hill is working closely to um, whoever's working on the film, which I believe the system producer. Um, what was it? Victor Hadida and uh Christoph Gaines, which Christoph is the original film director for Silent Hill. And they just feel like they want to come back and like bring life into this in a different way, but by respecting what the lore is and what is there. So I hope they are sticking kind of like following, um, you know, what they're doing for The Last of Us, where they're working together um, in a way and that, you know, Konami is getting their say in it, their input or the writers for this remake is getting their, you know, their input into what the the movies are going to be. Because that that really, really makes a really great movie. I think um, too many of these video game to movie adaptations lack that that connection, that <laughs> lack of a better word, synergy <laughs> to really bring that to life in the best way, which I think was what really Resident Evil kind of lacked. Resident Evil just kind of went off on its own thing. Like it just took like, okay, here's Umbrella, here's some zombies and here's Mila Jovovich. And you just kind of, cause they went off in their own little universe there. And the same thing with the TV series that was canceled after, um, you know, one season, like, okay, I'm not catching on to this. It was like, the series was okay, but within the Resident Evil universe, like this doesn't make sense. So I hope that when they're making this film, they really pay attention to that because it really will make a break if this movie is really well received yeah so i love i'm sorry go ahead no 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 you go ahead i want your input on this no i i love everything that i saw for resident evil and i and it captured uh for me the the first time i played um did i say resident evil or silent hill I think I said Resident Evil, but but Silent Hill. I just want to make sure. Silent Hill. I remember first uh, playing that um, years ago, and the the feeling and the eeriness of it, you know, from the the metal scratching and the walls being webbed and this red filler thing, and the um, the intensity and the absence of. Uh, human life but weird things happening especially when he put his hand and he was trying to get the key on the floor that part was kind of weird and then it's just like those kind of moments for me uh really captured what i remembered uh from uh silent hill that that those those tense uh moments and i, and I know horror is is all about the um a part of it is about the jump scares and stuff like that so i've always appreciated 
uh, those things from afar. I think the last, and we, we talk about this often enough whenever horror comes up, the last thing that I played uh, that I recall was super horror was probably maybe Code Veronica, you know, was that four? That's number mm-hmm. four. And then we no. talked about, hmm? Wait, say that again. Uh, Code Veronica, Resident Evil 4. Two separate. Right? That's not what you mean? No, I'm just saying. there's Code Veronica and then there's Resident Evil 4. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so Code Veronica was the last thing I played. Okay. And I barely touched 4. And then you had Resident Evil 5 that felt like a super action game similar to 6. And then 7 brought back what we remembered from maybe two and three, you know what I'm saying? So I remember like the, the framework of those titles, but anything after that for me was, was like, okay, I'm done with horror after code Veronica, right? After code Veronica. So, so when I see things like that, I really am happy for the individuals who enjoy that genre of gaming. But I know that I won't play it personally. If you play it, I'll probably watch a few minutes of it on stream and then that's it even when they did the remakes what they do they did one two uh remakes right recently for resident evil i don't know if they did three um i don't recall but i love what they've done with bringing back quote-unquote life to those series so silent hill is one of those things where i'll enjoy watching from afar uh, but I do appreciate everything that they're doing with uh, the horror genre. Well, I definitely do. They're, they're, they're just, it's just my realm, horror in general. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of a sidetrack at, at work. We're doing, um, our boss signed us up for this um, Halloween door decoration, which I went far beyond our door. And I, I know that a lot of departments are going the really cutesy Halloween route. Um, mine has blood, a body bag, and boarded up doors, and and skeletons, <laughs> which I feel I understood the assignment: Halloween and horror. Right. But anyway, um, going 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 back to uh Silent Hill announcements because they they did announce quite a bit, which I, I really liked. Um, one of them I am. Definitely kind of, well, the last two, um, I'm definitely really honing in on because it seems so interesting. And they state that there's no restart, which I also like, uh, what does that mean? I mean, I can't go back. I can't make a new game for different choices. Like, what does that mean? But it is um, Silent Hill Ascension, which right now their website, ascension.com. You can sign up for updates there for there, which obviously I did. Um, is is being claimed as a live interactive series where you can shape the Silent Hill canon, which I find so incredibly interesting. Um, they talked about how, you know, you know, in this day and age with streamers, a lot of people love watching and being a part of of, you know, these gameplays of these different games and then you also have like interactive stories where you know you're watching people make choices and and going through like that's like like man and madon you know and, and getting those jump scares so i'm definitely on board with that uh, it's coming from um genvid bad robot behavior which obviously if you know behavior is uh, dead by daylight there um and dj2 sometime next year 
So that one is definitely, I'm on board on paying attention to that one very closely. And then they came, I'm not even quite sure how to, if the F is pronounced a certain way, but they have Silent Hill F. And that one, that one itself, they show this whole trailer, like cinematic trailer of it taking place, I believe is in, um, 1960s Japan and you have this uh this girl girl in an outfit running through these like red vines and you know these flowers sprouting and then the most interesting ending of her kind of going towards this arch on water which very much reminded me of this anime called Hell Girl and she starts sprouting like flowers and you don't really quite get to see her face. Um, first of all, when it comes to like horror games, horror movies, horror, anything that takes place in Japan, that has my name written all over it. Um, if you don't know, I'm a huge Fatal Frame fan too. And like, that's kind of like the vibe I'm getting it from it a little bit, um, minus the cameras, but in the Silent Hill world. So the, that is definitely like something I'm going to be paying attention to as well, too. And then uh, I think the last thing I want to mention I thought was kind of cool is um, during this entire announcement, um, when they're introducing people, talking, um, just showing what was going to be next, a lot of the background that they actually used, uh, the background CG, um, were actually screenshots from the Silent Hill 2 that they, they're currently working on right now. So I thought that was, uh, was pretty nifty and cool to see. But overall, I just, for me, for me, I just, you know, just being selfish, I just wish I saw more. Like, it's a lot of teasers. And I'm just like, I don't want a teaser. Just show me, show me what you have now. Right. But I'm really excited about everything that they had to announce. And I'm looking forward um, to seeing where they go with just not just a remake, but with all these, these different expansions um, in this universe. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on, even with what you mentioned towards the end with the sprouting and then the teardrop came down and then the face peeled off. I thought I was just like, whoa, (laughs) you know, that part was just crazy. So, uh, but yeah, so Silent Hill, I'm not going to break it up. Let's still stay with horror. Uh, Resident Evil Showcase, uh, your thoughts on that? So Resident Evil Showcase, I think it was like under like 40 minutes, if if that. And they did show a whole lot more about, you know, what they're coming out with, which is cool. Um, it's a nice to get a refresher about, you know, where they're at in the progress of things. Uh, one of the first things that they, they t- talk about is the, the expansion that they're going to be um, having for Resident Evil um, Village which I thought was like, okay, that's cool. That's coming like out right around the corner, which is uh, the trailer for the winter's expansion. And I think, I think it's nice to have some DLC expansion for village. So you're just getting more into it. You're getting to know. um, Yeah. My goodness. We're, I just like completely lost like my train of thought here. Uh, but yeah, you're getting to know Ethan's daughter, uh, Rose, a little bit more. Um, they're, like you're, you're getting to see where she's like, she's getting out. She wants to get rid of these powers. Um, it's interesting that how they decided like they wanted to choose her to be like 16. I don't know what was so special about that age. I guess it's like coming of age 
the right age if you're going to do a coming of age story mm-hmm. storyline and that's the age as a teenager where you're trying to like figure out your life but then your your rose who is kind of like not your normal girl going through all of this stuff and and you're getting more of a background of her so i think that was actually pretty cool um the one thing about like i guess i'm not really excited about i kind of as much as i i like the resident evil universe there's just some things that i just don't care for one of them is being their movies second being their tv show and third being um re-verse like i see that and i'm like no <laughs> like i i feel like it's just there's a reason why it's it's going to be free for anybody who either has Resident Evil Village or their Gold Edition. It's like, did, did you already know that nobody's going to be really interested in it? So you're just going to yeah. give it up for free? They're just giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Like, I see it. I'm like, I don't care. And that's like during that announcement, I'm like, um, you know, I'm going to pass on that one still. Even if you're going to give it to me free, I just, I'm just really not about it but if you are ignore me being a hater if you're currently a village owner right now it's gonna be available to play october 24th which at the time of this recording is today so i mean go for it maybe maybe somebody will convince me like hey this isn't that bad but um, on top of that, they also announced that uh, Village is going to be coming to the Mac. Um, you're also going to be getting the, the past games, which is uh, Vill- not only including Village, but also Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 2 Remake, Resident Evil 3 Remake um, on the Nintendo Switch Cloud. If you haven't played it yet and you, you're just strictly a Nintendo Switch player, you can uh, look forward to that now. And they also um, announced that it should be coming pretty soon. So Resident Evil 2 Cloud version comes November 11th of this year. Resident Evil 3 comes out November 18th. And Resident Evil 7 will be out on uh, December 16th. Mm, okay. So there's that. So. And then, of course, of course, they have to show, you know, even more gameplay for Resident Evil 4 remake which looks fantastic it looks like a lot of fun i'm looking forward to that and you know so they're remaking all of them so they did do three right yeah sweet okay they're they're working their way down again <laughs> out of right. order right but you know what it's, it's okay because they're making new ones you got seven you got village and then they're also remaking <laughs> two three which i'm kind of wondering like are you gonna touch five or are you gonna touch six don't know but uh four was great i remember playing four with my brother on um the gamecube actually Mm -hmm. so during the trailer they did show um you know the whole cinematics um that was showing off ada ashley and you know other iconic moments that we all can recognize and yeah, I mean, they they were short and sweet. So, and I can appreciate that. They showed the juicy stuff, gave us some updates, showed some gameplay, and then they were out. <laughs> yeah, I um I leave all the horror stuff to you. <laughs> you're you're the horror queen. So I'll, I'll give you all the horror stuff. Uh, any final thoughts on the Resident Evil stuff before we go to the next thing? Um, I'm looking forward to it, but I think be- compared to both announcements, 
both showcases. I'm a little bit more excited for Silent Hill, even though they didn't really show much. Like I, I loved every single one of their announcements and everything that they were going to be doing, who they're working with, uh, what they're going to be doing, what they're hoping to bring. Um, I, I loved all of that. So okay. I'm, I'm going to have to give it a little bit more to Silent Hill than Resident Evil. Okay, that's fair. I forgot that the Resident Evil showcase happened this this past week. So I know. I, I totally forgot. I saw Silent Hill, you know, I saw some other trailers and, and other things that we're gonna be talking about. Uh but I don't know, for somehow I just I just totally like missed that one. Uh but uh, I'm glad that uh, we're able to capture it on episode six hundred and twenty eight. Uh, of the show radio. So, so earbuds, let's talk about true wireless earbuds. There's a lot of earbuds on the market. Uh, recently I've been checking out the Logitech G fits. So shout outs to Logitech for sending a pair of those over. It is currently sold out on a website. Uh, so I looked for the, they have two colors on a website. They have the, the white version and they have the black version. They're both sold out temporarily. And I think the thing that really is um, interesting about these earbuds is the molding capability that it allows you to do the first time as you're preparing to use it. You know, you connect and then you you put it on and there's an app that you use and it does this custom molding for your ear canal which takes about 60 seconds. It, it says something to the effect of just hold the earbuds against uh, your ear, you know, gently, um, what is it? No, firmly hold it against your ear and it gets warm and it m literally molds in your ear to form in your, your, like your ear canal. I think I've never heard about anything like this before. Never seen anything like that before, and I thought that was really cool. And once it does the custom molding, you can only do that one time, and it is literally your pair of earbuds. It won't fit any other ear canal properly. If anyone tries to uh, put it on, it's either going to be oversized or it's going to fall out of their ear because it was a custom for them. So, so that alone changes the game. There, some additional things that I'll be testing. Of course, use music on it. Sounds good. You could EQ, uh, change it up in the app, which is uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, the charging holds pretty well thus far. In terms of using it for the PC, that's the next thing that I'm attempting to do. So I'll report back on that. But in terms of using them regularly for podcast listening, music listening, uh, phone call uh, stuff, those are all like pretty clear uh, using the actual unit. So. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Drivers are 10 millimeter drivers. It sounds uh, pretty rich uh, as you're listening to to the actual uh, stuff that you put on. And I, I wanted to listen to like high quality um, sounds, you know, whether it's your EDM type tracks or 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 the uh, the details that you find on on like lo-fi stuff and and maybe orchestral you know, type of music just to get a feel for uh, the different, how, how it responds to those things. And those things were, were pretty good. And surprisingly, it has decent bass too. So those are quick impressions. Uh, the light speed, you can connect uh, PC, Mac, PlayStation 5, 4. Uh, and those are the things that I want to test next because 
when I originally attempted to connect to the PC, it didn't respond according to the three taps that you have to do for the connection on my end. So I'm still learning, you know, that particular portions of it. So uh, I yield on that. Any thoughts that you want to uh, throw in and share, please feel free to do so. I do have a question. So once you have it form fitted for you, there's mm-hmm. no way that it could ever just like be form fitted for anybody else. That's correct. So, so that's, and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. Like I, I wasn't a believer. So even when they were showing the, uh, the showcase that they did in Berlin, I was like, that sounds really cool. So, so their light form, light form molding their, their technology essentially is like you put it on um, and it's a patented technology that they have 60 seconds, the earbud tips, they magically mold to create your fit. So I can even use yours. Well, I, you know what I'm saying? So, so I, I love that part of it. And I think that that's why I'm not surprised that it's sold out temporarily right now on a website because any, no one can use your ear, your earbuds. They can try, but it's not their fit. So it molds to the canal of your ear. And I think that's the, that's a big sell, selling point for these earbuds. Um, Logitech makes dope stuff. We've seen them do a lot of cool things for a long time, you know, at this point. And I think the next step would be, what is it going to sound like if I'm playing an FPS game or, you know, RPG games, music sounds good. The podcast stuff sounds good. The bass was, was very decent and you could customize either the, uh, signature sound as built into the app for the Logitech sound, or you can create your own EQ or do like, you know, light bass, you know, according to the uh, presets they currently have in the app. So I think the big selling point is the molding. That's the big selling point. A couple of things I want to mention here, passive noise cancellation doesn't have active noise cancellation because the molding is actually, you know, custom for your ear. It really removes a lot of external things because there's not a lot of gaps based on that custom molding. So where you would get, you know, traditional true wireless earbuds without this technology, you can still hear some things if it's not an active noise cancellation um, earbud, but these, because they mold to the canal, your personal canal, you don't really hear a lot of stuff outside of it because of that. So I think that is the plus, even though it's not like an active noise cancellation uh, situation uh, for, for these earbuds. Uh, battery life is pretty good. You know, I haven't exhausted the battery life. They seem to hold pretty well. Like I'll listen uh, for a good amount of time, you know, for a podcast and different things like that. And it's still very close to 100%, maybe 97, 98 or whatever. Um, so it holds a charge really well, which is impressive. So um, a lot of good things to say about it outside of the fact that I'm still understanding how it connects to the PC even though it says in the dropdown from our sounds on a PC that is there, when I select it, I don't hear anything in the earbuds themselves. So what I'll attempt to do there is take out the dongle and put it in another uh, port on my PC, see if that changes anything. Uh, but outside of that, uh, it is what they say it is. It does mold to your ear custom. It's It takes 60 seconds to do that. It does get a little warm in your ear while it's doing that. Um, you know, some people may have concerns about that, but once that's done, it's your earbud. 
So I have to go back because we talked about this in previous um, when we were talking about their Logi Play um, price point. So yeah, it's yeah, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's two hundred twenty-nine. Have on it. Yeah. Pardon me. Two hundred twenty-nine or two hundred thirty dollars. We want to be picky about that. Um, is it worth that price point? Yeah. So. Um, okay. So I'm going to take the the step of paying for it in installments. Okay. I'm I'm going to take I'm going to go that route. So go with me. Let's let's go together. If I'm getting a custom mold earbud, right, which comes with the light speed technology that we've experienced from Logitech, yes, it comes with a USB cable. Uh, I think that if you are paying 50 bucks or um, about $60 for an earbud that you're going to have for a long time, you won't have to worry about removing tips to check if that particular, those uh, earbud tips fit you. I think that's worth it just on that alone, trying to figure out because depending on, I don't know if, um, if your, your canal expand or, you know, if it expand or I don't even remember the other word, I don't have words today. So depending on those things that may affect the ear tips that you use if you have to keep replacing them. So I was concerned about that is, is my canal, uh, ear canal the same uh, in the morning as it is in the evening. You know what I mean? Like depending on, you know, uh, what you ha- you had that day or or if that changes because uh, depending on your body, sometimes your left side may be uh, bigger than your right side and things of that nature. So uh, both ear canals are different, even though it, they're both on your, your, your dome, they're two different ear canals. Right there, they're not exactly the same. So even that, so I was I was concerned about that a little bit, but knowing that it is a mold that only identifies with you and you never have to do that again, I think paying sixty dollars a month for that may be doable for a lot of individuals, right? Some individuals will look at the price tag at two thirty and will say, Well, why would I need that? Right? Why why would I pay that much for an earbud? And the other thing that you have to consider also is it is a high quality earbud that you can use for your gaming as well, right? So it has the, not only is it versatile for the light speed and you get low latency Bluetooth, you know, connectivity, it also has premium drivers uh, for your gameplay when you're gaming. So 60 bucks a month. You know, that could be doable for a lot of individuals. Custom molding, yours forever in that regard. I think there's something to be said about that. Um, so, yeah, I can make a case for that because I don't know any other earbud on the market and I could be ignorant to other t- technologies that do similar things. And I'm just going to put that out there. But I don't know any other company doing that molding situation. I'm sure it exists, but I don't know about it. Can I educate you a little bit on that one? Absolutely. Let's go for it. So the originally Logitech G Fits was actually coming from a company that they actually, I believe, partnered with or is under their umbrella, their umbrella of Logitech there. Um, There's actually a company called Ultimate Ears and they call it UE Fits. 
Mm, it was actually okay. uh, two years ago that they announced this. Mm-hmm. And then now they're under the Logitech umbrella there. I dig it. So, smart acquisition it. by Logitech. Absolutely. Because now everybody it. knows these these uh, these headphones and this technology now. Um, I know there's a couple other that I haven't picked up as much. But um, yeah, that the original G-Fits were actually came from Ultimate Ears. And they called it UE Fits. And then Logitech came and thought this is a great idea. And now they're under the Logitech umbrella. I dig that. I think that. Well, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention. Uh, Lightspeed via USB-A receiver plus USB-A to USB-C adapter. Uh, so there is that in there in a box. As far as uh, the connection, seven hours of listening time plus eight hours with the charging case, 4.5 hours of talking time plus five hours with the charging case. Uh, so Bluetooth connection, it says 10 hours of listening time plus 12 hours with the charging case, 6.5 hours of talking time, plus seven hours with the charging case. So um, I dig it. I think it's really, really dope. It is my main earbud now. I did have OnePlus earbuds prior to that. I've sunsetted those. Um, I'm not using those anymore. Uh, I'm currently actively using these Logitech G Fits and that uh, molding. That's That's the vibe. That's cool. I'm glad that you got it. And um, for anybody that was interested, if you want to go with the interest-free payments on it, Logitech does offer four interest-free payments of about $57.49 through Klarna. Just for um, information, if you want to just buy it outright, it is sold out. Yeah, put your name on a list there, and it's $229.99. $229.99. Well, yeah, I dig them. I dig them. And um, it's, um, yeah, that, that molding is really impressive. The only thing I don't like, because I know we, we always talk about, you know, all the flowers for all the stuff that um, we get to check out. The only thing I don't like, there's no lights on the case. So whether it's charging or not charging, I don't know. Really? And I don't like that. That seems like a huge oversight there. I don't like that. So when I open the case, though, you have the light on the inside and then you have the two lights on each earbud and you have the button on the right side to, you know, connect the, to to the Bluetooth. But once you close the case, it's just a G and then no lights on the case. Nothing to tell you that it's fully charged, ready to go. Nope. Just- nope. Like, I'll plug it to a USB right now. There's no lights on the case. So, is let me, there let me just double check. About... Let me just double check because, I, you know, I don't want you, I don't make it seem like I'm lying here. I just want to make sure. Okay, I plug the USB in it. I'm looking at the case right now. There's no lights on the case. Okay. None. All right. Does they give details about how quick it charges? So, like, if it was from dead. How long you have to um, from maybe in the in the box I can I can double check that which I don't have the box next to me right now but uh, we may have to circle back on that one all right Pretty but good, uh, yeah just a G on it no lights 
And so that's $229 on the 30, the $40 OnePlus earbuds that uh, I was using had a light on the case. I don't know. For some reason, I think that's really important. It is. I feel like that's yeah. a, this should have been a standard. Yeah. So if there's any gripe as we're talking about it real time, there's no lights on the case. And um, but outside of that, it is really, really dope the way it uh, forms to your ears and the sound is pretty dope. Well, thank you, Logitech, for sending that to Andrew, having us check it out and talk about it. Logitech, Logitech G. So um, next thing we got is Halo. And I think a lot of the other things are quick hits on, on the list. Uh, before we get towards the end, uh, in my opinion, you know, maybe foresight is to, man, might be premature there, but uh, let's do, so Halo Infinite Winter Update, it feels like a relaunch for me. I don't know. I don't have too much to say about that, except that I do appreciate that they added the Forge, which is the biggest Forge yet. They're allowing individuals to see, you know, the part of their, not necessarily their code, but how things come together you know, for the Forge stuff, which I thought was pretty dope. Uh, the ranking system was changed and it, in my opinion, feels like a lot of quality of life stuff, right? And I think the co-op was also added. I think those are some of the major things. So the Forge, the co-op being added, quality of life in the ranking system. And, you know, it was about a 12 minute uh, video for that, which I am happy that they're making strides to bring, I think the Forge is going to save them coming coming up in November because, you know, your Beaver Creek and your, your, your maps that people really enjoyed back in the day for Halo 1, 2, 3, those I'm sure are going to make a comeback in the Forge mode. And that's going to, you know, bring a surge of life for Halo again for individuals who love playing those maps. And... Would that be enough? It might be just enough to resurface the conversation for Halo and um, not leaving it on your PC and you're not really playing it. Because I haven't touched Halo in a long time. You know, it's it's definitely something that's going to serve them well once individuals get a hold of Forge for all the builders and the super map creators and stuff like that. So uh, that's, that's really what spoke to me on that particular update. Um, I haven't played Halo in a while ever since it released. Uh, I want to go back and check out a couple of things on it once it launches the Forge. And hopefully I'm able to download those maps that I used to love back in the day. Uh, and I'll go back just for that, just for that. So uh, these are my thoughts. Uh, any thoughts on the Halo Infinite Winter Update, Daniela? They need something. I mean, I'm I'm not playing Halo. Um, I'm, I'm good. Uh, but I don't see any conversations for halo and i haven't seen any conversations for halo in months and that really could be the people that i'm talking to the circles that i created but and then the circles of everybody i know who play shooters halo isn't up there halo isn't being spoken about so i think this this winter update of theirs really really needs to happen and i think it's kind of a little bit overdue so i really hope it brings back life to it I, I won't I, I can't positively say that they had a very strong launch a lot of hype built up but I think they're hurting in my opinion 
Yeah, I think so too. So I think I, so too. I, I hope it does something good for them. Yeah, and then the other thing too is it's like as excited as we are for a lot of the games coming out and different things like that. Like even there's this um thing I was trying to check out, the first descendants beta or whatever. I couldn't even play it. Every time I loaded it, it locked up. So that would have been in a section of what I'm currently playing, but I couldn't even load it. It will load, recognize that I have a controller, and it would ask me to press start on the mouse. And I'm like, well, why don't you just ask me to press start on the controller? And when I press start on the mouse, it locks up, rinse and repeat. Never got a chance to play it. Um, the menu music sounds amazing. That That's all I got to. So at any rate, Halo, you know, developers, shout outs to you working hard, doing what you have to do to make sure that we have these experiences to enjoy. I want to mention that as well. And then the other thing that we want to touch on here is Bungie is reportedly developing a new marathon project. Okay, so that should be interesting uh, for sure. This project will take the form of a three-person squad-based extraction shooter, okay? And... It is currently in its pre-alpha state. So this should be really interesting. This is this is where we are. Ongoing games, uh, squad-based shooters, two people, two, four people, depending on the game. And then now, well, I don't know if I should jump into this right now as I'm thinking about it, but let me just look down if we're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, let me see. I don't think we are, but let's, let's touch on it here. Even the upcoming COD, right? This game is going to be a base game. I use that term loosely that they're going to build on top of, right? Like the Destiny model, right? Destiny 2 has been Destiny 2 for a long time. We've just been getting different expansion packs and stories, et cetera, et cetera, right? So this is where we are. These games do well. Companies love them. And I'll you there. Daniela, what do you think? I mean, it works. It's also, it's obviously a formula that has worked. It just really depends on how that's going to be implemented for for COD. But um, and going on and adding into this, I guess, this revival of their marathon project, um, you kind of lost me at extraction shooter <laughs> and uh-huh. i'm like okay so it's not something for me but i've never even heard of heard of this game so i had to do a quick google of it i'm sorry apparently originally launched back in 1994 hosel had two sequels to it but it was a first person shooter for mac computers and uh-huh. i did not grow up with a mac computer then i i still to this day have never owned a mac computer <laughs> so I can't really add on much to it. It was a game I'd, I've never played, but um, I think just extraction shooters aren't aren't um, up my alley. Yeah. So even the name is interesting to me. It would it would quote unquote compete, if you will, directly with Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction title, right? Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but um, let's see what happens. As as we get more information on that. Yeah, you never know. But at least, like, it's just a three-person. At least Rainbow Six Siege, like, or they have more than three. I don't know. But then that's assuming I have more than three friends to play with. And as an adult, you know, that's really hard. 
Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But this is where we are with these games. Uh, they are amazing titles, and we'll peek in and out of those titles as they show up uh, on our radar. Uh, a couple of things, real quick hits here. Steam has broken its record of concurrent players with over 30 million users online this past weekend. Uh, so I'll throw in Microsoft reportedly building Xbox mobile gaming store to rival Apple and Google. Any thoughts on those things? Well, Steam, I'm not surprised. They do well. I'm sure the revival of certain games has helped them. But now this this whole Xbox wants to try to rival Apple and Google Play. Uh, I'm very interested about how they're going to implement that to be honest, because I feel like that is changing or shifting really the consumer market for that. <sighs> I don't know. I I, I just want to see how that's, that's going to be implemented and how they're going to be pushing that. I feel like they could do it. I, I Like right now with Xbox, I feel like you have the full capabilities, but you got to, I don't, I don't know if I would want another Play Store, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I, and I don't know if I'll be in it either. Between between Xbox Game Pass and I think what the challenge that, that I'm having now is some titles. Uh, I may need an Xbox S at some point because some titles that I want to play, I cannot play them with the older Xbox. So at some point, I I need I need an S. I need that. So we'll have to see how that plays out. So the 30 million users online, uh, do you think that we can attribute that to the Steam Deck uh, situation? More people are getting them oh, kind of vibe? I, think I, I, I would say so. I would. I think that's a good part of it, to be honest. But yeah, let's, let's break it down. Let's see what the top games were. Top, the most played games during their concurrent player peak was Counter-Strike. Not surprised. They had 1.05 million players. Then you had Dota 2. Also not surprised. That had 750,000 players. And then, wow, PUBG, 440,000. And then you also had Apex Legends and Lost Ark that were in the top five. Mm. And then you also had, even though you had, uh, didn't make the top 10, but you had Cyberpunk 2077 on there. And then you also had indie games like Vampire Survivors. And of course, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Of course. But I think I think a good portion, I, I, even though I don't know if they can tell what they were playing on, it had to be from Steam Deck. Of course. I dig it. I mean, I love that. I love that for the Steam Deck folks. You know, shout outs to you. Um, that's on my radar one day. But uh, yeah. What else we got? What else we got? So, so there's that. So the... Um, the phone number requirements thing for Discord, Xbox is going to ditch that. And then you also have UK com- competition regulators seeking public opinion on Microsoft Activision acquisition. So this is back and forth thing. We kind of touched on that recently. Um, quick thoughts on that and, and then we'll move on. Um, I guess it's a smart thing for Xbox to be ditching that whole phone requirement thing. I mean, people are very particular about where they're sharing their phone numbers and they like the ability of just using email, which is a nice thing about Discord. You can use either or. Yeah. Um, but this whole back and forth thing, uh, I get what they're saying. But at the same, like why there is kind of hesitation there 
for me at this point, I'm like, I don't care. Just let them buy it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess recently the focus was Call of Duty, but that's not the only game that they have on there. They have, uh, they have Overwatch, right? Overwatch, Call of Duty, and there's other games that they have on there that I don't remember. I would have to open up my Battle.net to see it. But For Activision? Yeah, for like in Battle.net, well, for the acquisition. Overwatch. Or am, I thinking, is, yeah. am I thinking two different things? Overwatch should be Blizzard, but most of Activision's games itself is Call of Duty. They got Crash Bandicoot. They got Spyro. Yeah, well, why was I throwing Overwatch in there? Okay, yeah, so that's, there's a that's lot of games. On okay, got it. Yeah, so, but the only focus that I've heard in the last couple of weeks has, has been COD because COD is getting ready to release in like um, a couple of days. <laughs> it's right around the corner. So it's 12, it's 12 my time right now. It just hit 12 a.m. So the 28th is like three days out and then COD is out. So that's going to be interesting well, to, to be see. Fair, it is Activision Blizzard. So I guess if you yeah. want to think about them both, then yeah, Overwatch be on there. But then I don't know. I still I still see Activision and Blizzard as two different things, but there's they're actually just one. So yeah, they would be acquiring all Blizzard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that should be interesting to see. Uh public opinion, I mean, let let them do let them do it. I don't see what the big deal is from a consumer. I don't see what the big deal is, but it, it is, it is what it is. So, so there's that. Let them, let them do it. I don't see what the back and forth is as it relates to those things. Uh, next thing that we have here is the DualSense Edge PS5 Pro controller. That's going to be $200. Uh, surprised by that? No. But everybody and their moms have their own version of pro controllers. <laughs> yep. So I think we briefly touched on this, um, like offline. I say the next two to, I said two to three. Let's say the next two to three years. I think every person that uses controllers, they're going to have a pro controller. Two to three years. Because we're seeing it everywhere. We're seeing, I think, 8-Bit has one. We You saw Victrix. You saw C40, of course, the Series 2 by Xbox. And then you have this, um, what's it called? These Gilly Kit King Kong 2 Pro wireless controller, which has, you know, this technology that extends the life of the controller so you don't get stick drift, right? They're, they're all over the place at this point. They are. So basically, you're going to own a pro controller. It's just going to be off from like, at this point, with so many different types of pro controllers being available from all these different brands, it's just going to be based off of really the price, I think. Price point that you're willing to to go to, how customizable it is, and what how it feels in your hand. Because I think most of them are kind of doing pretty similar things. So, yep. You're going to have to really step up your game if you're coming up with a new pro controller for whichever system it may be. And then consumers are just left with like, okay, what can I afford? Yeah, identity, uh, core competence for the company will be the only difference. I do agree with you. Most of them are very similar in nature. 
Um, I do like the fight pad situation that the Pro BFG has coming out. When they bring out that controller, that's by Victrix. The Gilly Kit is very interesting with their electromagnetic uh, tech in that controller. That's the King Kong 2 Pro. And then, you, of course, you have Sony, you know, it's Sony. The DualSense controller is a pretty dope controller. I want that one. I definitely want that one. I don't want a PS5. I just want the controller. I just <laughs> want the, uh, yeah, I just want the controller. Is that? Good thing uh, it not, works not, on PC. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so there's that. And then the other thing that I did see was a uh, customizable Xbox Elite Series 2 controllers are now available through the, uh, what do you call that again? The lab, the, the design lab, the Xbox design lab. Okay, so that is a thing that was announced on the 18th of October uh, for for the lab thing. So, yeah, thoughts on that? See, if it's not if it's not like if you don't care about you know the pro, it's about customizing for your specific style choice. There, absolutely. Which there's a huge market for that. Everybody loves customization i i remember the only like i'm like totally aging myself here but i remember where the only limit of your customization is the different little plastic wraps that you could go and get on there <laughs> if you wanted a right. different color you have to go and buy your own little silicone thing put it on or sticker now now you can just order it in whatever color you want yeah it's i i say it's not a matter of if or when you will have a pro controller in the next two to three years, I think that's that's a that's not far fetched because every company is making one, and some companies are getting revisions of theirs. But yeah, it, it is a thing, and they're great. They're great. I still love my C40. It still works. I know that they're. There's an aftermarket company that makes different pieces for the the thumbsticks. Um, if there's drift or anything like that for the C40, but outside of that, uh, I do believe it's not a matter of if, but when when it comes to that. So, any thoughts on that before we go? Nope. Cool, cool. Uh, next thing, Modern Warfare's two special ops mode will add three layer raids in December. And one of the things I mentioned earlier was that uh, since Modern Warfare 2 is the reimagining of Modern Warfare 2 with new tech and new things in the game, that has become their base game to build on, right? So we're going to see a lot of potentially DLC packs, story things for it later, just like Destiny has been doing for a long time. Uh, And that's going to be interesting to see how that model works for them because it's been every for for a while i'll say that it's been like every year another studio takes you know the call of duty for that you know fall winter season now they're focusing on one title and that's going to be cool to see which studio works on what story or what add-ons for the call of duty modern warfare to experience in the future any thoughts on that so just adding on in general for Modern Warfare 2, your personal opinion here, because this this remake is based off of the 2009, not the remaster of 2020. <laughs> Do you think when they did the remaster, that was a mistake? And they're like, we, 
we should have done better. So it, to me, I think that's like you. you literally it's like a love letter, just, like an apology. Yeah. I, yeah. It could be. It could be. I mean, I don't. I don't mind apologies. You know, I think. I think they're great, and it is a great apology for where the market is with these type of games, especially if you're you're redoing your. I think they're redoing their Warzone. And they're building on a great foundation. I think if it's an apology, I'll take it. I'm not mad. I mean, the beta was really, really dope. So I enjoyed everything I played in there. And yeah, that thing that they did, I don't know if people really responded to it the way they thought they would, right? I didn't. But this one here, it's everything that you would want and a Call of Duty experience. You have nostalgia by way of how the game plays, flows, and things of that nature. You're establishing a new foundation. All your teams will be hyper-focused based on how they're going to develop, you know, in the years to come. Maybe this is a five-year thing or a four, you know, three-year thing before they may consider like uh, additional titles, right? In the future whether they go modern or they go world war uh, type of vibe. But yeah, if this is an apology, you know, I accept it because this is going to be, in my opinion, one of their biggest titles to date, especially because now they've, they've uh, caught up to what people are experiencing in games today. Third person shooter. They added that ongoing type of game they're doing that nostalgia of a game that we've loved it's here right so i think that they've they've covered every base to make sure that this experience is going to last for a very very long time i've been playing destiny since 2013 2014 that's crazy right yes we had destiny and then we had destiny 2 but we've been playing destiny 2 for a long time so I think that that's the thing. That's the same um, preview that I'm seeing with this Modern Warfare Two situation, making this the base model. And again, like I said, I'm using that loosely. It's a great foundation for them to build upon. And now they're going to be adding raids and and all that stuff and additional story modes in the future potentially. And uh, it's going to be great. It's it's going to be great. And I'm excited for, you know, PC with a controller. Uh, I'm excited. I think I agree with you on all of that. I mean, I'm not going to play for myself personally, but I think it's definitely something that's probably been in the works for a while. It's just, I, I, I do think it's like kind of interesting. I think their 2020 remaster version, like maybe uh, a little bit short-sighted, like, Hey, maybe we should just remake it instead of remaster it. Mm-hmm. And then add in all these other things because obviously when they came out with the remaster, um, there was a lot of there was a lot of joy that came out of it, a lot of hype, um, a lot of memories that people lived through, and I think that just added on to it. So if there's an apology, that's cool. I just think how many war- modern warfare twos do you need? Right, and whoever thought about that. You know, moving forward the next couple of years, that was a good deal. Like even Warframe. Warframe's been Warframe for a long time. They recently announced that game that they're going to have. I don't know. 
don't know if you consider it a DLC for Warframe or a, a totally separate experience. Um, that is a full game in a, of itself. I don't recall, but Warframe has been that for a long time and it's still a beautiful game, you know, and it's free. Of course, you can buy things within the game or whatever, but these games are not going away because um, you, not you personally, Daniela, but you listening, if you don't like that genre, they're not going away. There's a reason why they keep coming back. There's a reason why we have Apex, we have Paladins, we have Overwatch. We have all these games, Warframe, we have Destiny, we have the first Ascendant. I mean, you can go down the list of all the games that we have. Um, something of the Ashes, you have that game. I'll go down the list of all the games that we have similar to that kind of uh, framework. And uh, people play them. <laughs> and they're going to be here for a while. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Last but not least, Marvel Studios Ant-Man and The Wasp. Quantumania. Danielle, your thoughts on that before we wrap up? It was a fun little trailer. I, You know, to be honest, I think they should have a little bit more emphasis on Ant-Man and Lost because sometimes I forget that they're part of the Marvel Universe. Right. But, you know, they're enjoyable. It's like, it's always that like little different vibe. Um, I'm a little bit behind on my Marvel movies right now. I only just watched Love and Thunder, Thor. That was pretty bad. But anyways, um, MN was in Mania. I, I think uh, it's just going to be family fun. And it's like what you can expect from a Marvel movie. So I, I like the trailer. I'm, I'm going to watch it, obviously. I don't think I'm going to be missing any. Now, when I watch it, that's a different story. I'm, I'm, I'm behind. I didn't watch Eternals yet. And I haven't watched. I haven't. I am so behind on the Marvel stuff. Sometimes I open up um, um Disney and just to try to catch up and I forget like they have their one shots, they have their TV series, like I haven't even gotten to watch Moon Knight yet. I am behind. <laughs> Me too. I didn't watch Moon Knight. Uh didn't do She-Hulk, didn't do um, oh, that one too. Yeah, there's, there's there's a few I didn't do, but for me, I think most of the stuff I didn't see was phase 4. But I'm going to go through it. I'm watching Captain America with a different eye right now. So I'm almost done with that. And then Agent Carter is next for me on that. And then I'll just, you know, take it one step at a time and just really enjoy those movies again so we can talk about them in the near future. We, you know what we didn't get to talk about that came out um, a little bit ago already? Wakanda Forever. Mm, we didn't, we, oh, wow. So, um. So let's let's talk about it. So Wakanda Forever to me is going to be an incredible experience more than the first because of you know the transfer of power, right? I am not ready for that. It, it uh, well, I'm probably going to cry. I am definitely going to cry. Right? It's <laughs> I am, the trailer. I am not the trailer gives me chills every time I watch it from the the choreograph and the dancing and the the music and yeah that's going to be that's going to be big that's going to be big and that's right around the corner it is it, it is november 11th and um i i, I don't have a movie here movie theater here so that might be saving me from the crying point, but I, I, 
I've watched a trailer a good handful of times. Um, at least the most recent trailer. Um, and I teared up. Like I just was not ready. I I can't, I couldn't. I I couldn't even watch the trailer when they first came. Like it first came out, which was like I think like two or three weeks ago now. Like I had to give myself a few days. Yeah. And, like I seriously teared up. So I know when I watch Wakanda Forever, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. can't. Yeah, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. You know, um, at the end of it all, uh, we're going to have a great experience with that um, very, very soon. And uh, but yeah, the trailer and watching it a few times chills every single time. Powerful, powerful trailer. Um, But yeah. But yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I do agree with you with Ant-Man. Uh, just to touch on that real quick, um, it is fun. It is a comedy uh, for me with Ant-Man. Feels like a comedy genre when I watch Ant-Man. From what I understand, uh, the the last two Thors felt like a, a comedy uh, also uh, for me. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, but I'm looking forward to, to seeing more more stuff from the universe and and really dive in for me personally dive in into um you know once i pull away from clubhouse dive in on disney plus to really enjoy the stuff that's on there there's so much good stuff on disney plus and i need yeah. to watch from beginning to end the things that are on there you know gotta catch up on she hulk and um you know, uh, the recent Thor I didn't see yet. So Moon Knight, as you mentioned, I didn't see yet either. So there's a lot to be, there's a lot to enjoy. And and I think that uh, between, you know, Disney Plus and, and Hulu, there's there's a lot to enjoy on those platforms. So I'm, I'm excited for it. And uh, I'm excited for Call of Duty <laughs> in, in a couple of days. A lot to look forward to for the ending of this year. Oh my goodness. I'm all, yeah. all of a sudden I'm sad. I'm sad again. Like I'm excited for, for Wakanda, but then I'll, I'm sad again. <laughs> yeah. So, so just think Silent Hill. Okay. Let's go back to Silent Hill. We talk about some dope stuff today. Talk about Silent Hill, Resident Evil, a lot of good stuff coming out. Uh, Steam is doing their thing. We talked about controllers. Uh, so we, we captured uh, the Pro BFG, we talked about earbuds. A great episode today. Uh, 6.28 of the show radio. We're going to wrap up. Uh, please make sure you tell a friend about the show. Subscribe to the show radio podcast available on all major podcast platforms. Please rate and review the show. That really helps us a lot and join our community discord. Daniela, where can they find you? You can find me on the social medias at Miss DJM. And Andrew, where can they find you? You can find me at Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A. And until next time, take care. Bye, guys.